I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings, enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts? Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner east. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend, imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. Last night, when I was on Facebook, a tag came through in my feed, and I saw a name that I recognized. It's the name of a guest of my podcast, Find the Good News one of the last guests that I'd had in 2020. His name is John Wackman. He had recently published a book titled Repair Revolution, co-authored with Elizabeth Knight and published by New World Library, a publisher that I truly respect. Because of the care they take with the types of works that they publish and the methods through which they publish them. The conversation with John and Elizabeth was one that I've thought about over and over again since I've had it. I've often said on that show that the people I speak with changed my life. When I when I visit with them, I truly do try to find something from each conversation that I can learn from, apply. Sometimes it's just a phrase. It's so easy to blow right past those things. We all listen to podcasts and YouTube channels, Facebook videos. 
There's no lack of content. We consume so much. Sometimes it can almost feel like the people that we see, these personalities, the hosts or the guests of this content, almost not real. Like they're characters in a TV show or movie. When I created Find the Good News, the podcast, I did not want to do that. I wanted to create a space where there was true intimacy. And I've often said on that show that I'm not an interviewer. I'm just visiting with you. John and Elizabeth both seem to get that. If you listen to that episode from last year, it's titled The Tumbleweed Tree. You'll hear both of them express that that sentiment. Now I'm not telling you that to get some kind of pat on the back and add a boy for doing a good job just telling you that so you understand that it's happening there why was John's name special yesterday like most of my guests I connect with them on social media and I've had intimate relationships that have went far beyond the initial conversation. Someone had posted that they were sad to hear that John Wackman had suddenly passed away. Just last week, I saw John post a picture of his feet encouraging people to give blood. He had blood donor socks on. Said something to the effect of, give blood, keep your feet warm. It made me smile because giving blood is something that I do often. I've encouraged my teenage son as well. We go together, in fact, Giving blood has become part of a spiritual practice for us. Often, when someone passes away, we'll go give blood as a tribute to that person. Little did I know that just a week later, I would be having those same thoughts about my friend John, my new friend. I don't know yet how John died. I've heard either an aneurysm or a heart attack. But it struck me like a lightning bolt. 
have often talked about lightning bolts or lightning strikes. In fact, if you look at the branding from my other podcasts, you'll see lightning in the imagery. Heavy presence. It's because I often talk about sudden awakening. Sudden moments, flashes of clarity, or transformation. But last night I experienced not sudden awakening, but sudden grief. Grief for a human being that I'd never shared the air with. You see, since COVID-19, I focused more of my energy on building relationships through digital communication. In the past, I would bring guests in. We would sit at the table together, maybe share a drink, tea, a meal, coffee. I could see all the nuances of their faces. We've dried each other's tears. Translating that same shared air experience to a digital format via Skype or Zoom or Google Meetings. I felt was going to be a challenge. I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as big a challenge as I thought. What I've learned over this past year is that we can cultivate intimacy without proximity if we want to. We live in many ways in a blessed age where time and space are somewhat irrelevant if we have the right tools. We can see and hear those that we love and meet new people build relationships. I've often thought of when I was a child for a short time I had a pen pal. Maybe younger people won't know what a pen pal is but I enjoyed writing those letters and then getting a letter back. When I was in college, I would get letters from my family, my friends, my sisters, little pictures, personal touches. There was intimacy there in those letters. Intimacy without proximity. You can't replace touch, but what I've learned through this experience is that we can touch people in other ways. When the lightning hit me last night, hearing of John, I immediately remember the portion of our conversation where the words intimacy without proximity left my mouth. John paused in the conversation 
and it was something that I could feel. And he said, intimacy, we need to cultivate intimacy without proximity. He said, Oren, I'm writing that down. Him pausing, taking the time to write that down and then say the words back to me. One made me realize the value and power of our words, our thoughts shared through words with other people. And two, how important that lesson is, especially considering the times that we live in. Intimacy without proximity. But as the thunder struck my heart, hearing of John's passing, I realized even more how true that was. Whether I knew it or not, John and Elizabeth Knight, though separated by space from me in that conversation, were intimately close and we were sharing something that was bridging that distance. If you are in my orbit online, you know that's what I'm trying to cultivate. And you know why. It's because of death. So often I speak of death. Death was my first great teacher and intimacy with someone beyond death. was a part of that I've shared the story many times but I had a lightning strike experience like that when I was a young man with intimacy without proximity an experience with someone who'd passed who heard my pain my sorrow my loneliness and across space and time and the gate of death communicated with me using tools that I did not understand at that time. In the past decades I've learned to listen differently using tools that I didn't know I had at that time. So when I heard the news of John and I thought of the words intimacy without proximity it was second nature to allow the energy of love and grief to strike my heart, my spiritual heart.
last night I went outside it was a clear night very cold I gathered wood around the property and I lit a fire for John Walkman why because of the energy in the fire what it stands for the release as the fire burned and as the wood was consumed and the dormant energy in it released I felt the warmth on my skin I couldn't see the warmth but I could feel it I couldn't point to it but I knew it was there when I got close to the fire and for a time even after the fire began to cool as flame turned to ember my body and the clothing I was wearing still retained that warmth that carried it with me this is a reminder of intimacy without proximity can I be close with someone after death can I be intimate with them when I can no longer hear their voice see their face or touch their hand sit with them eat with them hold them so difficult I usually am careful with these types of things because many traditions religions hold the afterlife so close it's been my experience that most subscribe to some idea no matter the form in some type of afterlife in trying to understand the lightning strike of awakening decades ago I searched and studied was a seeker trying to understand that particular thing what is this intimacy that I feel with a particular person and how are they touching me with no body to touch me with no voice to speak And how can I honor that being? How can I be close to them?
How do I communicate back? I want to be clear that I don't mean communication in the way that we would understand that. And I'll explain immediately when the lightning strike hit me for my new friend John who I'd never supped with or shared the air. I wanted to do my part to communicate back. In my belief, in my practice, whatever that unnamed thing is, I recognize that there were no ears to hear my words. There were no some brain to process those things anymore. Something, a spiritual heart, is the closest word I can use to express that right now. Could feel my communication, hence the fire, and allowing my heart to expand so that I could be intimate with John. Though physically not close. Today I decided to go offer my morning walk to John to sink into mantra and prayer. Things that generate sounds, words that have meaning, and use those things to unlock my spiritual heart. I know more losses ahead for all of us. Whether it's through via COVID or sudden death, we all must face this. It comes for us all and it will touch all of us eventually. Whether it's our own death or whether we lose someone My son and I were driving last night to pick up a meal for our family and we had this very conversation. And we had a healthy conversation about death. And I told him that the people in our home are blessed if tonight I went to sleep and something took my body, took my life, 
some ailment that I don't know I have. My son would wake up, my wife, my... And they would be struck by lightning. And I would hope that they would be able to know that they had been loved. That they are loved, not in some past tense, but that even in that moment, as my body begins to give up its energy to the elements, that my spiritual heart was expanding and that they too could feel that love and have intimacy without proximity. John and Elizabeth's book is called Repair Revolution. And one very simple thing that I took away from that book, simple yet profound, was just the word repair. Initially, we think of that word, it's so commonly used, and we think we understand it. But John dove deeper into that word, and I took new meaning from it, or deeper meaning. We live in a time of extreme brokenness. Truth is, Humans have always lived in a time of brokenness. We are not paired properly in many ways with many things. We have broken our pairing with the earth, broken our pairing with each other, severed ties, cut off communication, make containers that help keep us separate from each other. And yet, we have this great capacity to connect. We have so many resources to communicate with each other. So many tools to repair all of those things we look at the earth and we see it ache because we live on it unpaired from it but that can be repaired we have the information to do it we look around our country especially right now as things come to a head. And what we see 
in the news, the struggles, the strife, the violence, the language of hate, the calls for war, death. But those things can be repaired. Doesn't have to be this way. We have to want to repair something for it to repair. I'd ask you as a tribute to the memory of John Walkman for that to be something you consider. The two important things that I took away from my conversation with he and Elizabeth Knight to consider all of the layers of meaning behind the words intimacy without proximity and the holy truth the sacred truth that's there to be discovered in the word repair how can we use all the forms of communication that we have not just our technology but all of the spiritual forms which I would advocate taking a simple view on that and just simply opening your heart what happens when you open your heart your spiritual heart when it unfolds when it unfolds ready to catch the warmth being released of another spiritual heart can we warm each other look around the world and when you see something broken not just an object or an item or a tool to be used but when you see something broken when you see a heart broken How can you mend it? How can you tend it? How can you repair it? Just as always, I want to remind that as I say these words, I'm not just talking to you, my friends, my siblings, talking to myself. I see poor communication and brokenness in many of the rings surrounding my life. But as my memento mori, my remembrance that I too must die, as my tribute to 
to John Wackman. I'm erecting a shrine inside my mind, in my heart for him. And I put these two things on it. And when I visit it, I hope that they continue to radiate the deep love that I know John had or has for this broken world and all the broken people in it. I love you all. I thank you for walking with me. I do hope that this is of value to someone out there. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all beings remain free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all rejoice in the well-being of others. And may we all live in peace, free from greed and hatred. <laughs>